Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Whoever told you college football sleeps that were lying right to your face? Because to this day, I have never seen it close its eyes. That's the transfer portal. That's recruiting. That's the games. I'm telling you, this game is 365 days a year, and that's what this show is built for. Welcome into the hard count. It is Thursday, December 7th, 2023, the last one in history. Got to make it a great one. I'm talking fast because we have a lot going on today in the wild world. That is college football. That is the transfer portal. That is recruiting. Uh, Coach Prime just landed a massive massive commitment in the trenches. We'll talk about that here in just a second. Also got more on the transfer portal. Just as, even as we're on air, I promise you, there are more names that are jumping in or more Hayes Fawcett graphics or more on three alerts that are telling you, hey, this this big fish is either already in the portal or intending to jump into the portal. A big fish that jumped into the portal yesterday was the number one player that's in there right now, and that is Texas A&M, former, defense, or former Texas A&M defensive lineman, uh, Walter Nolan. So where could he be headed? We've done a few predictions on this show when it comes to the quarterback market. We're going to take a look at Walter Nolan and uh, where we think he may end up going. So we'll give you our thoughts on that one. Also, I don't know if y'all heard uh, some very big games about to be played here. The college football playoff is just a few weeks away. Alabama, Michigan in the Rose Bowl. I want to kind of take a step back. Take a look at Alabama because remember all the talk that was going on around Alabama leading into the season. Everyone picks Georgia to win the SEC in the preseason, and then up into that game, most people picked Georgia to win that game, including Las Vegas. Nick Saban and company, man. What's what's going on with Alabama? Let's just kind of take an honest look at where the Crimson Tide stand right now. Also, there's a lot of people that are telling you that college football is rigged. The college football playoff, it was rigged. That's why Bama's in there. Is that true? 
I think the actual news might be a little bit more disappointing than what's being circulated across the internet, but we'll talk about that as well. And then it's awards season. Okay, so happy to tell y'all we have the second annual program awards that we're going to give out here at the end of the show, including the Hard Count Heisman, including the Oh My Gosh, How Was He a Freshman Award, including the IHOP Award. We do college football awards on this show just a little bit differently. So excited to jump into that with y'all and uh, give away some hardware as we do at the end of every regular season. Make sure you're subscribed. Talking ball every single day right here on the On3 YouTube channel on this show, The Hard Count. We are live three times a week, okay? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern. We appreciate y'all being locked in with us. As I alluded to at the top of this show, man, we got we got news. We got breaking news. Nick breaking news, if you will. So we got to go to the man, the myth, the legend, the aficionado on all things recruiting, national recruiting analyst for us here at On3, Josh Newberg. Josh, five-star Jordan Seaton from IMG Academy, offensive tackle. It was, you know, there was uh, Alabama in the mix, Tennessee in the mix. Ends up giving his commitment to Coach Prime in Colorado. Just immediate reaction, immediate thoughts on this uh, this pledge for Coach Prime. Coach Prime told you. He said, at the end of the season, I'm going to go get me an offensive line, and he just did that. Not only is Jordan Seaton a five-star, he is the number one offensive tackle in America, the only top 10 uncommitted offensive lineman still available. So Coach Prime goes out and just destroys the competition. Look, I'm still in shock right now because we thought last night it sounded like Tennessee. We thought coming off of the Ohio State visit, we thought Ohio State had a great shot at landing Jordan Seaton. Oregon. Oregon was the dream school. Jordan Seaton said it himself right here in the On3 studio. He said, Oregon is my dream school. He went out to Eugene, but it's Colorado in the end. And you got to think back to how did this happen? Well, Coach Sanders was able to get Jordan Seaton on campus twice during the season. And I think those visits were huge. He was there for that Colorado State game. That was the first one he was at. Then he returned for an official visit. Now, when he left Colorado the first time, he said that, hey, I'm, I'm probably going to come back for an official visit. It checked out. Things went great. And it cleared the way for me to take an official visit. A lot of people I talked to in the industry did not expect Jordan Seaton, one, to ever pick Colorado, but really to make it back there. It seemed like at that time that Jordan Seaton, you know, the big dogs were coming. Tennessee and Ohio State and Oregon and Florida. Those teams were coming. But, but Coach Prime lands the number one offensive tackle in America. And, you know, it comes at a great time because everything kind of looked like it was unraveling. You know, the, the slide at the end of the year, coaches are leaving. You had a couple decommitments, which happens all over the country. But at the time that it was happening to Colorado, they needed something like this to kind of stem the tide. They landed Cam Michael, who's an unbelievable two-way player out of Georgia two weeks ago. But since then, it's really been quiet for Colorado on the recruiting trail. But Deion Sanders had a plan all along. He targeted the number one offensive tackle in America out of IMG Academy. And Jordan Seaton, who goes six foot five, 295 pounds, is the number one tackle and now committed to the Colorado Buffaloes. Yeah, Josh, it feels like this is one of those commitments that kind of steadies the ship. Because from the outside looking in, for the last few weeks, maybe the last couple of months even, with what they've done on the field, it's just sort of screamed dysfunction. You got coaches leaving. You got coaches being demoted, then leaving for a head coaching position at San Diego State and Sean Lewis. And so getting a five-star in Jordan Seaton, to me, feels like, okay, everyone just calm down, and we remind ourselves who Coach Prime is. It feels like this is kind of one of those commitments that helps close the gap. Because, Josh, we, we always knew this. Like, 
Deion Sanders acquiring skill players, like right. that's not really going to be an issue for him. But to go out and land a big boy in the trenches, is this one of those that you think could be something where we see, all right, hey, Jordan Seaton's going there. I know we're later in the cycle, but, you know, the spatula is out this time of year. Do we maybe see Deion Sanders go on a tear and try and flip some other big-time offensive linemen or maybe some other offensive linemen that are still uncommitted? Two years ago, it was Travis Hunter. Yeah. Last year, it was Cormani McClain. This year, is it Jordan Seaton? Is that the one that he hangs his hat on? Or is there another big flip for Dion to have? And, and I want to go back to what you said. It di This did stem the tide. And even when they landed a commitment from a guy like Cam Michael, I saw the comments on, in the YouTube section and on Twitter. It's like, it's great that you landed a, a very talented skill player, but where's the lineman? Where's mm. the lineman? Well, not only did he bring in a lineman, but he brings in the number one lineman in America. So it is a good start. And I got to say that by because they still need bodies, right? You, you, you start five players on the offensive line, not one. And Shador Sanders was being knocked around quite a bit. And this is a huge step. And he could end up being a bell cow type recruit, not just for the high school level but also the transfer portal. Because if you know about Jordan Seaton, you know he has the ability to come in and play right away. So, hey, another piece or two, and that offensive line at Colorado is really fortified. And it's one of those things, too, where Jordan Seaton might be a guy where they ask him to play early, you would imagine. By nature of what we saw last year on the offensive line, Josh, Shadur Sanders literally had his back broken. They sacked 50-plus times on the year like I don't know there's a lot of people right now, at least on the roster for Colorado, that are better than a five-star guy in Jordan Seaton. Charles Power loved how polished he is. He's nasty as a run blocker, uh, quick hands and pass pro. So a guy coming from IMG Academy, we saw this with Francis Mauagoa as well. Those kids play against some top competition during the season, but also in practice. Like Jordan Seaton's going to get out there at Colorado and have had already a fair amount of reps oh, yeah. against college-level players. Do you think he's a guy we see play early, or am I reading too much into this here, Josh? I think it's possible, and I think I say that because he's trending in the right direction. If mm -hmm. you followed his career over the last two or three years, he was a above-average offensive lineman out of the DMV area who was on the radar but not a elite-type prospect as he is now. Uh, he was young. He needed to be developed. He went to IMG. He reshaped his body, got in incredible shape, shaved off a lot of pounds, put it back on. And now you kind of see the product he is and the fact that he's trending in that direction, meaning he already took the bad weight off. He already put the good weight on. That's something that usually happens when you step on campus at a college. But now, because he went to IMG, they've kind of got him prepped for that. And like you said, he also goes up against elite talent in practice. So iron sharpens iron down there at IMG. And I do think that he has the ability to come in and compete for a starting job as soon as he steps on campus in Boulder. So, Josh, here's the ultimate question. And this is sort of the ultimate question, I guess, all the way up until signing day and even after that. But what's next? You know, it's such an instant gratification world we're living in. Okay, great. We've got a five-star offensive line. We've got the last five-star off the board headed to Boulder. What now for Coach Prime? Is, is there other targets he's after? Is there more needs he needs to fill? Like, what is the next step here for Coach Prime and company in your mind, Josh? Uh, number one priority is to sign Jordan C. <laughs> Just because he's committed does not mean that he is signed. Nothing is binding until December 20th when Penn goes to paper. And there's one more big visit weekend remaining. Not saying that Jordan Seaton's going anywhere or that he plans to. I'm just saying if you're anybody in the country, especially a coach prime that has Jordan Seaton on his commit list, you want to make sure that these guys cross the finish line with you. So I think that they need to do that. And then absolutely, you know, at this point, it's hitting the portal. I don't think there's any more available offensive linemen that you're going to find that are going to come in and play right away. But 
to solidify that offensive line. I think you hit the portal and you you show them like, hey, we have Shador Sanders. We have these weapons on offense. We just need an offensive line. And we got Jordan Seaton to get this thing started. So I think recruiting becomes a lot easier for Colorado and Coach Prime on the recruiting trail. It's one of those things too, and we said it on one of our previous live shows, anything Coach Prime does, good or bad, is like 10X either direction. So landing a top recruit like Jordan Seaton it means more when you have the Coach Prime brand and you got the television series and, you know, you have all the juice to have on YouTube and social media. Like, that gets magnified quite a bit more than if he were to go end up at a place like a, a top SEC school, like I know he was considering as well. So I'm excited to watch what we do here, Josh. I know there's a lot more left here, a lot of uh, runway still left before National Signing Day, but uh, it's coming up here, coming up here very quickly. So we're excited to, uh, to break it on as it gets closer. Y'all, if you have not yet, really quickly, Make sure you subscribe to this channel, yes, but to the On3 Recruits channel. If you're a recruit junkie and you want to be doubted to all things the lifeblood of college football, go get a membership over there. Go subscribe over there. Totally free. It's free. Subscribe there on the YouTube channel. Josh crushed it with the inside scoop. Tons of recruiting stuff every single day. So lock it in there. Josh, we appreciate you, man. I'm sure we got much more to talk about here in the near future. We appreciate you making some time with uh, this emergency uh, spot here with Jordan Seaton committing to Colorado and Coach Prime. Absolutely. Thank you for giving me a little real estate on this show. Appreciate you, Jamie. No, you're the man, bro. That's, that's Josh Newberg. Y'all make sure you follow him on socials again. Subscribe to that channel, the On3 Recruits channel. Going to keep you dialed in for all things recruiting. National Signing Day. A few days away. Just a few days away. Make sure you're dialed in. You don't want to miss anything. That is that is where you build your roster. So much talk about the portal. We'll talk about the portal as well. But you want to lay a solid foundation. Notice where some of these big schools are going. Georgia. Alabama. Texas. Like, yes, they're active in the portal to a degree. But you want to really build your roster? You start at the high school level. And that may change in the coming years. I understand that. But I'm just saying, keep an eye on the recruiting trail because that's where all good things start. All right? Again, appreciate Josh making time. Hey, appreciate y'all being dialed in. Got a lot of good people here in the live chat getting after it. Make sure you get your questions in there. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Hey, we got to we gotta speak somewhat efficiently here because the transfer portal is booming. Like, we, we check in every single live show on the transfer portal on this show. And since we talked 24 hours ago, there are more big names on the move, more big names in the portal or intends to enter. All of these names we're about to talk about right now are officially entered. We also have a commitment to talk about, so we'll break that down here. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. We appreciate y'all in advance for that. Let's get right to it, man, because I, I don't want to date this stuff too much by the time y'all see it in a one-off video. Uh, Ohio State running back, Chip Trainum. Played some linebacker for the Buckeyes. Played some running back for the Buckeyes most recently. He's a 5'11", 233-pound back. He is in the portal. Now, it, I am told, or sources have told on three, rather, that NIL factored into this decision. Had 85 carries a season to go, 373 yards, three touchdowns, one of which being the game blouses against Notre Dame on the road in South Bend where Ryan Day took the mic afterwards and was like, I wonder where, where, where Lou Holtz is at. Chip Trainum scored the touchdown to allow for that moment to happen. Right now, the running back market isn't necessarily booming. Like you got Raheem Rocket Sanders in there, then past that, I think it gets a little bit more thin. So I'm curious to see if that market develops, but Chip Trainum, for my money, would be a pretty good addition depending on what you need in that running back room. Now, let's go to the quarterback position. The number five quarterback for us here in the on three transfer portal rankings is Aiden Childs. Aiden Childs, four-star uh, quarterback out of high school in the California area, was previously at Oregon State. He is in the portal. Pete Nakos, 
who right now is the equivalent of like prime LeBron James when it comes to tr- covering the transfer portal. Like I promise you, there is nobody better covering the portal. So follow him on Twitter. He's put a pick in for him to follow his former head coach at Oregon State, Jonathan Smith, over to Michigan State. So the way that's looking to me, again, if we're trusting Pete Nakos here, and I would very much so encourage you to do that, to trust Pete Nakos, uh, sounds like he could be heading to East Lansing and looks like they may have their quarterback to build around. Because remember, there was a portal exodus of sorts in that quarterback room for Michigan State. Aiden Childs, not a bad guy to build your offense around. Uh, our comp for him coming out of high school was Jordan Love. Good frame, live arm to throw the ball downfield, good mobility as well, kind of a dual threat of sorts. Aiden Childs in the portal. And again, uh, Pete Nagos has put a pick in for him to be headed towards Michigan State. Let's stay with Oregon State because anytime you change head coaches, it's sure to you know provoke some portal activity. Achille Arnold is a 5'11", 190-pound safety. He was one of the top safeties for us at On3 in this past season, 2023. Number three safety currently in the portal. There's some good ones. He's a do-it-all kind of safety for you. Like, he's not one of those guys that's just a ball hawk and can help you on the back end. He's not just one of those blitz boys that'll sit, you know, sit up in there in the box and just help and run support. Like, he's not one-dimensional. Had 62 tackles a season ago. Had two interceptions. Several pass breakups. Very active. Very productive. According to his Twitter, starting to field a couple of offers. He's from California, went to Mission Viejo High School, which is a powerhouse in Southern California. I would watch USC here. I think USC makes a lot of sense uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. And again, anytime one of these guys jumps in the portal, you got to kind of use the logic here. And the first place we look on this show, at least, is hometown. Mission Viejo, oh, about hour and a half, maybe from USC. Would make sense if he were to end up being a Trojan because you know they could use some help on the defensive side of the football. Another cat from Mission Viejo High School, Utah wide receiver, Mikey Matthews. Now, Mikey Matthews was a pretty uh, elite recruit in my mind coming out of high school. We saw him play in the Under Armour All-American game. I thought he played well in that game. Uh, he was at Utah last year, and he's about five foot ten, prototypical slot guy. This isn't a thing where Mikey Matthews was struggling to get on the field. He appeared in all 12 games for Utah. He had a Michigan offer out of high school, so that should tell you just how highly some of these schools thought of him. Um, I think he could be one of those guys that blows up in the right spot. I really do. I think the ability is there. I think the after the catch for him is is really special. Keep an eye on him. Again, he's going to help somebody. Would not be surprised if he ended up at one of those Big Ten schools that was previously in the Pac-12. So I'm talking Oregon, USC. I'm talking Washington, any of the UCLA, any of those schools would make sense to me. But again, Mikey Matthews is a baller. He's in the portal. Go out and get you a baller if you're looking for one of those in the slot. Now, we had a little commitment as well. So just as much as the portal is uh, is taken, it's also given a bit. We talked about Toriano Pride, who was, or is rather, still the number one cornerback in the transfer portal rankings. He is no longer in the portal by nature of giving his pledge to Missouri. He was previously at Clemson last season. He was a top 10 corner coming out of high school. And again, Using the logic here of we're looking to hometown first. He's from St. Louis, Missouri. So he's taking it back to the crib, going to Mizzou. And this is the kind of player I think you need right now in modern college football, especially in the SEC. Like how how much are we seeing now just these freakish size wide receivers on, on, on the perimeter now? You're Adonai Mitchells. You're Ra Ra Thomas. You're Roma Dunze. Like if you want to have a chance to compete at the tier one level, you want to compete for college football playoff berths, you got to have somebody that can match up with those guys. I'm getting choked up just talking about it. 
So Toriano Pride, uh, good length. He's headed to Missouri. Big get for the Tigers. Big get for uh, Coach Drinking Company. Getting a hometown guy back in his hometown. Now, someone I want to talk about right now is Walter Nolan, the number one player who is officially in the portal. There was a minute there where he announced he was intending to enter into the portal. There was a report out there that, you know, A&M's trying to have a conversation and trying to keep him in College Station. Eventually, he did officially end up into the portal. So he's in there. He's entered into the portal. So as we do on this show, we got to kind of call our shot a little bit here. Got to make some uh, some predictions, if you will, as to where a one Walter Nolan may end up landing. Before we do that, though, really quickly, make sure you subscribe to the On3 YouTube channel because we're talking ball all season long. We're talking portal whenever it's relevant. We're talking recruiting all season long because it is relevant all season long. Bottom line, if you love college football like we love college football and want to talk about it in a way that doesn't have agendas or the hot takes or the high fructose corn syrup, like if you want to kind of block all that out and just talk about ball, this is the spot to do it. So we appreciate y'all being dialed in and uh, being a part of the program. So Walter Nolan, again, number one player in the transfer portal from Texas A&M. He's a defensive lineman, kind of a nose tackle type, 6'4", big body, right around the 300-pound range. And, you know, you, you hear the word fit a lot when it comes to the transfer portal. Hey, where does this guy fit? Where, where does he fit best schematically? Where does he fit best with, a, with you know, a coaching staff? I'm going to tell you this. Anybody and everybody fits with Walter Nolan. You can always use an active nose tackle with great size, quickness, and will wreak havoc for you. There is nobody that you don't want like a Walter Nolan, all right? So I'm just telling you that. Fit here, yes, it matters to a degree, but I think even more so it's a fit for where does Walter Nolan want to go because he'd fit anywhere. couple of places that we got to talk about here, but I want to preface it with this. Uh, he will not come at a low price point. Pretty straightforward. If you want Walter Nolan's services, Andy Staples talked about this on his show as well, he's probably going to be in that low seven-figure range. So you get what you pay for. Quite frankly, Walter Nolan, with his ability and what he would bring to the table, uh, he would be worth every penny, you would imagine. But I just want to make sure we say that. If you want to land Walter Nolan, you have to be a player in the NIL space. So that also kind of helps frame this conversation as to where he may end up going. So let's kind of unpack a few potential landing spots for him. We say this a lot. We just said it a lot in our transfer portal segment a second ago. When it comes to where guys might go, the first place you got to look, home cooking. Where's, where, where's the family at? Where are the roots at? Walter Nolan is from Tennessee. Tennessee would make a lot of sense. Get back home, develop and play in the SEC and NFL Junior, and let scouts see how you project against the best competition in the country. They were in his top five when he committed out of high school. Also, doesn't hurt Tennessee well-resourced. So the NIL aspect of this, you would have to believe the Vols could compete in that department. I think Tennessee makes the most sense. Like if I had to call my shot today and put money down on a, on a bet for where Walter Nolan ends up, I think Knoxville and the Vols makes the most sense. I would go with Tennessee. Now, assuming it's not Tennessee, assuming there's some other schools in play here, Walter Nolan plays the defensive line. And obviously with him being in the collegiate ranks, he has aspirations to play in the NFL. So just as I do with any other major or, you know, profession I want to be a part of in the future, I go where I am best positioned to catapult myself into that profession. If I want to be an actor, I want to be on Broadway, 
I go to Juilliard in New York City, or I want to be an actor, I go somewhere in Hollywood, and, and I go and get auditions there, and I try and go to a school around there. If I want to be a chef, I go to Italy. I practice under the very best chefs in the world, and I learn how they do things. If I want to play defensive line in the NFL, I go to Georgia. Okay, Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter. We can just go down the line here and name like probably double-digit number of Georgia Bulldog defensive linemen that are in the NFL right now. And then eventually, you know, kind of a nice little pipeline there to the Philadelphia Eagles. Just saying, Georgia makes a ton of sense. Georgia has a strong track record of getting guys to the league and developing them. And also say this too, you don't have to get, you know, a high volume of snaps to be a, a top draft pick for the dogs. Like they, they're going to play a lot of guys. So you got to be okay with rotating and we'll see if that's something that would be appealing to him. But I'm just saying, Georgia, if you truly want to be an NFL draft pick and play defensive line, and compete at a high level when you get to the NFL, like Georgia has proven they uh, they are just fine being able to get you in that space. Now, Miami also makes some sense. Now, Miami, there's a lot of talk around where they are in the NIL space, and some people are saying, well, you know, they've, they've fallen off. Talk to people in that world, and they said, listen, Miami, they're not quite as loud as they used to be in the NIL game, but they're still a player. So don't get it twisted. I think Miami could compete for Walter Nolan. And Mario Cristobal, we, we, we say it a lot on here, like he's a trenches guy. If you're a head coach in college football, you cannot change where you're from. I'm not talking about where you're from geographically. I'm talking about where you're from from a football background. Mario Cristobal played on the offensive line. Have to imagine he has a heart for both sides of the trenches. Walter Nolan being a trenches guy would make a lot of sense to me. NIL checks the box, the needs check the box for Miami, and uh, Walter Nolan being able to, to help them on that side of the football. You, again, you have to imagine that would be something that would uh, would check out just fine for Coach Cristobal and company. Now, Andy Staples also said this on his show, so we're going to say the same thing here because I think it makes a ton of sense as well. Uh, Florida State. Florida State, let's just keep it a buck. They have been transfer portal U last couple of seasons. You look at the proof of concept of guys that transfer there and immediately just flourish. And that's not always the case. Sometimes you see a guy transfer to somewhere, and you're like, okay, that's a great fit. It's a great spot. You never hear from him again. That hasn't been the case at Florida State. Keon Coleman, a great example. Um, Fentrell Cypress, Jaheim Bell, Braden Fisk, Jared Verse. Like, they've crushed it on the portal, uh, I guess, projection part of things, getting them into their operation and having them flourish. And then also... Names I just said, Jared Verse and Braden Fisk, those are guys that transferred into Florida State and play defensive line. So if you're Walter Nolan and you want to be a part of a defensive line that has proven it'll get you in a, in a spot to be productive, uh, Florida State makes all the sense in the world to me. Also believe that they are in a good spot from an NIL perspective. So I think they check that box as well. Florida State feels like less of a risk than some other places might. One more I want to talk about here. That's USC. And USC is probably, I don't know if stretch is the right word, but like geographically, it would be a pretty big pivot, right? Bear Alexander transferred there last year from Georgia. You also had Anthony Lucas, a former teammate of Walter Nolan's transfer there last year. It's clear they need help on that side of the football. Moving to the Big Ten next year, we've seen what they can do in an NIL perspective with the way that Bear Alexander is throwing his apartment out there on social media. Like, I'm just saying, need USC is a big brand with some NIL backing, you would have to believe, and uh, you would have to imagine he could also help them quite a bit with what they need on that defensive side of the, on, uh, on that defensive line because they're trying to fortify that part of it. I think it's a big need for Lincoln Riley and company. Grabbing a guy like Walter Nolan would help meet that need without question. So those are some of the spots we're keeping an eye on for Walter Nolan. 
could be somewhere else. We'll obviously, as, as soon as we get some buzz, we will definitely let you know about where he could be headed. But those are just sort of speculation on our side of things, some places that make sense. But again, if you follow Pete Nakos on Twitter, X, whatever you call it now, uh, he'll take care of you. He'll make sure you're in the know to the nth degree, as well as the Transfer Portal uh, Twitter page for On3, as well as On3 on Twitter. So make sure you're dialed in there. Make sure you are dialed in right there. All right, so I want to I wanna kind of reset the table here just a little bit before we move on. Uh, Nick, we're going to throw it to a Price Picks ad here really quick. Someone tell the good people about Price Picks in just a second here. Um, so here's the deal. Prize Picks has been good to us all season long. They are bringing you the hard count today. Daily fantasy, super fun to play. We got bowl season coming up now. Going to be some fun squares to play in that department. And if you want to enhance your viewing experience, having a couple squares going, having a flex play going, and being able to win some money, it's a good way to live. All right, so redeem code JD, 100% deposit match when you sign up, up to 100 bucks. So you put $50 down, redeem code JD when you sign up. Prize pick says, bada bing, bada boom, here's your own 50 bucks to play with. So that's that's a nice way to live. I'm just telling you, prize picks will take care of y'all. Uh, in terms of how we've done on prize picks, y'all were ice cold. Like we're supposed to recap how we've been doing to this point in the year, how we did last weekend. Y'all, we did bad. Like I'm just going to tell you, I told y'all the week before the national or the, the conference title games, rather, fade us. So if, if you took our advice and faded us, congratulations, you probably won some money. And if you didn't, it is what it is. We had a combo of Jalen Milrow and Quinn Ewers combined passing yards, hitting the more there. It did not, or, or hitting the less there, rather, it hit the more. Uh, Camden Lewis, the Oregon kicker, we had him going for seven and a half total points. That did not hit. Like, it was, it was bad. It was bad for us. But again, I'm telling y'all, this is sort of a, a, you know, an inverse of a, how do I want to say this? It's not all bad news. It's bad news for us as we lost, but it could be good news for you because I'm telling you, whatever we put down, just put the opposite. All right, but do so with redeeming code JD for a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. We appreciate Prize Picks for that. All right, let's jump into this right now because this is kind of an interesting topic. Um, how much noise have we heard the last couple of weeks around the college football playoff being rigged? Hey, Florida State was left out. That's why this thing is rigged. We can tell they were they were rigged. They were at four, then they got dropped down to six after going undefeated. They put Bama in. They must have an, a, a hidden agenda. Must have a hidden agenda, and that's what it must be. They want to get the big brands in there. That's what it is. They want to have Bama in there. They could not imagine the SEC not being in the college football playoff, and so therefore, J.D., it is rigged. I got good news and bad news when it comes to the playoff being rigged. The good news is it's not rigged. So we can all exhale a little bit and just kind of feel confident knowing that the people that are running this thing, from what we can tell morally, are you know in a good spot reason why we know that if the college football playoff were to be rigged it wouldn't be Florida State they would leave out it wouldn't be Florida State you know who they would leave out Washington you're saying JD well you know we didn't have our quarterback yeah but here's the argument I would make Washington smaller brand than Florida State yes they made the playoff previously but they were a smaller brand than Florida State also they were undefeated conference champ you're saying, well, they, they passed more of the eye test. Did they? Are we sure they did? Because actually, Florida State had a more sizable margin of victory throughout the course of the season than Washington did. You look at what Florida State did over the course of the year. They had an average margin of victory of 19 points a game. Washington, 14 points a game. 
Say, well, what, what about the last couple of games, J.D.? That was kind of the big thing is because we didn't have Jordan Travis. The last three games, Florida State's average margin of victory, eight points a game. Washington, their average margin of victory, the last three games, again, that we're being told now was Jordan Travis not being there. So those last three games, their average margin of victory was around 2.7 points a game. So if we were going to leave somebody out, if we're the committee acting in our best interest, eye test, resume, brands that are going to help us, we're leaving Washington out. We're putting Florida State in. I can speak for us here on YouTube. Like it would, if, if there were media powers that be that were going to try and, you know, boost things on YouTube, they, they would put Florida State in there for sure. We got a great Florida State following, so we appreciate them for that. What I'm trying to say is, I don't, I don't think it was a thing where there is like a moral failing from the committee. The unfortunate reality, and here's the bad news. The bad news is the college football playoff isn't rigged. It's just an incompetent way the rankings were put together. Okay, and, and I'm not even telling you I disagree with the final rankings. Because just full transparency, I think Alabama was one of the four best teams. The way they put those rankings together, though, I think it was awful. I think it kind of sucks, to be real. Because if I'm a Florida State fan, I'm watching this whole lead up, even after we lose Jordan Travis, and we're sitting there right in the top four, and they're saying, no, 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 that's fine. Florida State, keep winning, handle business, you'll be in. By nature of you not dropping Florida State before that game, right? If you, if you think Florida State's a different team without Jordan Travis, fine. But let us know that as soon as it happens. Let us know after the North Alabama game. Let us know after the Florida game. Okay, if it really is that much of a difference maker to you, let us know now so we don't go into conference title weekend and try to put this thing together and say, okay, well, we won the, we won the ACC. We're undefeated. Like, why would anything change? So, again, good news, not rigged. The bad news is the people that are in charge of this thing are just not operating with, uh, with the highest competence level. Okay? So it's unfortunate. But, again, there's actually more ACC affiliation on the committee than there is ACE, than there is SEC. Like Boo Corrigan, whatever you want to say about him, he's with NC State. You would have to imagine he'd want to make the conference look good and put a team from his conference in there, the undefeated conference champion. So, not rigged. Arguably, the worst news is it's just sort of some incompetence going on across the board there within the committee. God bless them. Bless your heart, right? That's what they say. Bless your heart. Hey, appreciate everybody tuned in live. If everyone who's watching right now could hit the little thumbs up button under the video. That would help us tremendously. Totally free. Got a nice little tradition right now going with, like, I don't think we've had under 100 likes on a show since we've gotten off the air this season. So if you could keep that streak alive, we'd appreciate y'all. Thumbs up button under the picture. Cost nothing. Helps us. Roll party. So we got to talk about some, uh, some awards here in just a second. Before we get to that, though, we got to give an honest look where Alabama stands. So Alabama, think about what was being said before them before the season. You had two camps. You had one saying Saban was done. He's not who he was previously. Alabama's reign is over. The dynasty is dead. You had another camp that was saying, uh, I don't know. Whenever they have multiple losses, Alabama seems to come back with pretty forceful vengeance. Nick Saban and company, they seem to come back with uh, a bit of a mean streak. And the way that he was smiling and just kind of catching vibes at SEC Media Day and just kind of seemed like he was loose as a goose, that made me nervous if I was anybody else in the SEC saying, okay, Saban doesn't seem like his normal wound-up self. There must be a reason why he doesn't seem so wound up. When you're sitting there at the poker table and you got a winning hand, you're the loosest one at the table. 
You're smiling. You're cracking jokes. You're poking fun at your buddy because you have nothing to worry about. That was how it felt at media days. But when we take the honest look at, at Alabama and where they are right now, SEC champ, had one loss on the year in the college football playoff, set for an absolute heavyweight bout with Michigan here in the college football playoff pretty soon. It's surprising, but it's not. It's kind of where I land on when we take the honest look at Alabama with where they are right now. It's surprising, but it's not. It's surprising because if there were to be a year for them to fall off, this would kind of feel like the year, right? Multiple losses last season. Lose one of the best quarterbacks in school history in Bryce Young. The quarterback room to begin with was murky. Is it Ty Simpson? Is it Jalen Milrow? You brought in Tyler Buckner. You got a portion of the college football public saying Dylan Lott are going to look really good in the spring game, and they're not wrong. It was a murky, uncomfortable situation. This Bama team wasn't the Bama team of past that we had come to know when it came to this past offseason. Two new coordinators. Tommy Reese, who I think there was mixed opinions on with his hire. Kevin Steele, who I thought was solid, but still mixed opinions when he came to Alabama. This is the real kicker. Alabama coming into the season was 125th in returning production. Y'all, there's only 133 teams. 125th. Basically saying all that production from last season, that one double-digit games, they ain't there no more. They're gone. So a lot of these cats that are going to do what you're asking them to do in 2023, they're new. First day out, like first day under the spotlight, all right? So how are they going to look? Saban's also over 70. Take of that as you will. But here's where it really got kind of a little bit uh, tricky. When they lost week two to Texas, that was when everybody and their mama brought the hammer down and said, Bama's done. Put a coffin on them. Put the last nail in there. Bury them six feet under. Bama is done. That was what we heard people saying. Now, those of y'all that are tuning to this show, you know we, we sort of tread lightly around that conversation. We were actually saying, uh, I don't know, guys. Until I see a dead body, just like those movies, un- until you see that character lying there lifeless in every movie, if they fall off a cliff or they somehow go right into the woods and are never seen from again, they're not actually dead. They're just somewhere else lurking in the shadows to pounce later in the movie or in the season. That was what Alabama was. We never saw a body. We never saw a two-loss Alabama throughout the course of this season. So it's surprising that they're where they are right now. But also, like, but then again, like, is it? Is it really that surprising? Because everyone on campus and on this roster for Alabama was recruited, if you were recruited to Alabama out of the high school level, a part of either a number one or a number two class. Translation, a lot of talent still at Alabama. Surprise, surprise. Also, you have the greatest of all time as your head coach in Nick Saban. So you knew at the end of the day, you have someone with a resume that is unmatched, that has proven, regardless of roster, regardless of coordinators, regardless of who's playing quarterback for him, he is going to find a way to allow his team to be successful. We've seen that now from him. Also, we've seen Alabama, and this was something we talked about earlier in this segment, but like they thrive off of years of multiple losses. The theme has been for Alabama, if they lose double-digit games, or not double-digit games, if they lose more than one game, rather, the year before, Typically, that the pendulum swings back the other way pretty heavily and they end up competing for and winning a national championship. That's been the trend. That's been the theme. So there, there's also, and this is kind of why it's not surprising, uh, there was the most disbelief around Alabama that we've seen, in my recent memory at least, there was more naysayers around Alabama to the point where they had to put together 
not they had to, but those those players took it upon themselves to put together an acronym in length, let all naysayers know what was up. So you say there's a lot of disbelief. Let's kind of reframe that. Disbelief, I think, for this Bama team was fuel. So to reword that, there was more fuel than ever before for this Alabama team. I don't think that bodes well for anybody outside of the Alabama camp, to be honest with you. So what's scary now is they're starting to build. Like I said this previously, and I think this is still true after they played in the SEC title game. I still don't know that we've seen Alabama at full strength. And when I say full strength, I don't mean like full health. I mean full strength as in they are 110% playing their best football. And they're still winning. They found themselves. They found their identity. It felt like that game against LSU was when it really clicked for them with Jay Lamiro, the way the defense is playing. Like they're going to build upon their identity now. They already have in-house. And that's frightening. Because going back to what I said about talent, Alabama's not like playing over their head right now. They're actually just starting to fill out their shoes, their five-star shoes that they're actually more than capable of playing, more than capable of winning how they're winning. And I think what stuck out to me against Georgia, Jalen Milrow was like 13 for 23, threw for less than 200 yards. Alabama wasn't crazy running the football. I think there were less than three yards of carry. You factor in sacks to that, I understand, but still the point stands. There was nothing special about Alabama that day outside of what Jalen Milrow did escaping and making plays. But Alabama didn't like go the extra mile to win that football game. The defense played great. But what I want to say is all Alabama did in that game against the number one team in the country in Georgia was not make mistakes. So what does that mean? Alabama is capable of just playing their game and beating you. You talk so much about, well, hey, it's going to take this for this team to find a way to win. They have to have their best day on this day to beat this team. Hey, if Alabama, if they want to beat Michigan, then they have to do X, Y, and Z thing they haven't done before. I don't think that's the case for this Alabama team. I think this Alabama team is good enough from a roster standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, now at a quarterback standpoint, to where if they don't beat themselves, if they just play their game and show up and do what they're good at on that day, they're going to be good enough to win the football game the filter of the number one team in the country and beating them in the fashion they did with your quarterback being pretty average through the air, being pretty average on the ground as a team, and your defense playing the way they did, that's the formula. That's their game. If it's good enough to beat Georgia, I think it's good enough to beat anybody else in the country. So now for Alabama, they're terrifying. Again, if anybody wants to be mad at somebody, be mad at Lane Kiffin, be mad at Jackson Dart, be mad at the entire Ole Miss organization because they had them dead to rights coming off a game where they were limping out of the Texas game, they barely squeaked by USF, and then they had Ole Miss staring at them. And if Ole Miss took down Bama, we're not even having this conversation. Not even a thought right now. But even so, Alabama in the playoff, that Rose Bowl will be a movie. We'll talk more about it, I promise you, throughout the course of the next couple of weeks leading all the way up to it, we'll talk about the game itself. We'll give you our predictions. Bottom line, there's a lot to unpack here with Bama. They're terrifying. And it's kind of surprising they are where they are, but then again, really isn't. It really isn't. You know, that's just kind of what we've come to expect from Saban, man. What we've come to expect from him. That's absolutely terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. All right, now I, I prefaced this on Twitter. I prefaced this on one of our previous live shows. Uh, the beautiful part about us being able to have a show is we get to give away our own awards. And so there was a lot of talk around the Heisman and around how they were going to give it away. And the great part about this is we actually have our own Heisman, the hard count Heisman that we're going to give away right now on the second annual program awards. 
So the reason why we have these awards, quite frankly, we appreciate and respect and love all of the postseason college football accolades. However, we think given our unique situation of how we watch and digest college football and the way that you di digest college football, this was probably the, uh, the thing that was needed for the people to kind of have an award show to give out awards. So the program awards, they're not your typical awards. We have things like Dime Dropper of the Year. We're about to give away here in a minute. Uh, we have uh, How Is He Only a Freshman Award. We're going to give away. The Pat McAfee Punter of the Year Award, which I know has, uh, has been on a lot of people's minds since we announced we are giving that away. Bottom line, we're glad to have you all here. Welcome to the second annual Program Awards. Let's get right to it. First award we're giving out, the Dime Dropper of the Year. Now, Dime Dropper of the Year is awarded to the student-athlete who best exhibits the capability to absolutely throttle your secondary by throwing the football wherever he pleases on any given Saturday in the fall. This year's Dime Dropper of the Year recipient is Oregon quarterback Bo Nix. Hey, Bo, congratulations. Congratulations, Bo. I'm sure that will look good at the apartment in Eugene or wherever you end up being drafted. A lot of people now are going to say, well, hey, does he really deserve that award? He's a checkdown artist. He's Mr. Checkdown. I would say sit down. Look at the numbers, 77% completion percentage. You're telling me those are all checkdowns? You can check it down as much as you want. There's a lot of people that throw checkdowns across college football, but they don't throw for 40 touchdowns. All right, so if you have something negative to say about Bo Nix, it's your own problem. Can't help you. Check down this, check down that. Dude was just efficient, did what was asked of him. And the way that he has upped his game since being at Auburn and now being at Oregon, extremely happy for Bo Nix. A 91 QBR is what he had this season. Absolutely exceptional. Congratulations, Bo. Well-deserved. Your dime dropper of the year. Good for Bo Nix. Uh, for those of y'all that, that are wondering, second annual program awards, last year's recipient, Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. So elite company for Bo Nix. So now this is one of our, uh, our favorite awards to give away because we, uh, we believe that the youth are our future and this award honors the youth. The How Is He Only a Freshman Award. This award last year was given to LSU linebacker Harold Perkins. Congratulations, Harold. I'm sure he's watching at home. Now, this award is annually given to the students that make plays on the football field, the first-year students, I should say, that defy their experience and cause you to shout the phrase, oh my gosh, how is that guy only a freshman? Now, this year's winner of the How Is He Only a Freshman Award goes to Alabama safety Caleb Downs. Now, this should come as no surprise to anybody. Caleb Downs, even when he came out of high school in Georgia, we knew he was going to be a baller. People talk so much about his instincts and about his, his football acumen, and we knew it was just a matter of time before he got comfortable and started making plays on the football field, and that matter of time was extremely short by nature of him winning this award. He has... Again, ridiculous instincts. We've seen him contribute in a very big way as a true freshman for Alabama. Listen, you don't get on the field, much less in the secondary, Nick Saban's baby at Alabama, unless you're that dude. And the way that people talk about Caleb Downs, the way that Caleb Downs carries himself and performs on the football field, he is emphatically that dude. Also worth noting, he's recently taken up duties returning punts and been really good at it. Ran one back already this season in a short time doing it. Dude's a baller. Might be one of the best to ever do it in Tuscaloosa when it's all said and done. But Caleb Downs is your winner of this year's How Is He Only a Freshman Award. Congratulations, Caleb. Good for Alabama. Getting some postseason hardware. You're hoping that the, the powers that be with other awards kind of see this and take notice and understand that this is how the award should be given out. Regardless, though, we'll keep on moving. We appreciate them so much for, uh, 
for giving us this platform to give away these awards. And appreciate y'all at home that uh, we're a part of this. Now let's move on here to uh, the Freak of the Year Award. I think that's probably the, the next best spot we should go to. Last year, this was given to Marvin Harrison Jr. This year, about to tell you who it goes to, the Freak of the Year Award goes to the player with freakish attributes. Freakish attributes that more often than not defy science, defy common sense, defy logic, that make you just a little bit... I don't know if afraid is the right word. Make you make you a little bit, you know, uneasy. Make your jaw drop a little bit. Also, doesn't hurt if they're a matchup problem that can't be solved. This year's recipient of the Freak of the Year Award goes to Georgia tight end Brock Bowers. Brock, congratulations. Now, now Brock's story this year was well documented. Very, uh, very interesting how he he fell out of Heisman contention when he had to go undergo tightrope surgery, that injury to his ankle kind of threw off his Heisman aspirations. But even so, when he was on the field, he demanded double coverage. The SEC title game was no exception to that. When he was on the field, he was extremely productive. He's going to make a ton of money in the NFL, but he's getting the freak award for two reasons. One, what he did with the matchup problem he presents across the board. Okay, He probably wrapped this award up right around week six, if we're being real. Now, the freak of the year award is also being given to him because he recovered from tightrope surgery in less than a month. You're not supposed to recover that quickly, even with a surgery that you get to recover quickly. You're not supposed to bounce back like that. So Brock Bowers, freak of the year, and uh, we hope that uh, this, this reaches you well, Brock. going to be a stud in the NFL, and we hope he's not opting out of the bowl game. Hope he's not opting out of the bowl game, but he's going to be great wherever he ends up playing at, at the next level. Let's keep it rolling now. Let's go to uh, the program leader of the year. Program Leader of the Year Award is given to a coach who elevates his program to heights they otherwise may not have been able to achieve, especially given the year prior. Now, this year's recipient is Nick Saban. And this this uh, this award, we kind of prefaced a little bit on our last uh, segment, I suppose, talking about Alabama. Tons of talent, right? But you're trying to replace Bryce Young. You're 125th and returning production, you lose week two. Week two, so you, you lose your mulligan right away. Turns out they, they may not have even had a mulligan if they had a different committee. Regardless, Nick Saban and what he's done with this, with this Alabama team with a ton of new pieces, with a new quarterback, with new coordinators, allowing them to elevate from last year into the college football playoff. Last year, let's be real, they were a better team from a roster's perspective. They were. Bryce Young, Will Anderson, like Jameer Gibbs, they had dudes on last year's team. This year's team feels a little bit more like they're playing better together and they're going to have a chance to win a national title. So Nick Saban, I think probably his best coaching job to this point or arguably his best coaching job to this point. And Alabama's not slowing down. Nick Saban, Program Leader of the Year Award. Congratulations, Coach Saban. We appreciate him always on this show. Let's go to our next one. This is this is a fan favorite. On social media, uh, this award, we, we tweet these awards out after the ceremony. So y'all that are tuned in live, you're the first one seeing this. So thank you for being dialed in. This is the Pat McAfee Punter of the Year Award. Now I want to make sure we're, we're clear on this. Uh, Pat McAfee does not have any say into who this award goes to. Last year we had people tweeting at us saying, good for Pat McAfee giving away this award to the right guy. We appreciate the, the thought, but actually we're just naming it after him because he's one of the goats with what he did at West Virginia and what he's doing now in sports media. But the Pat McAfee... Punter of the Year Award is given to the leg that best displays power, ferocity, 
Competitive accuracy as displayed by the awards namesake, West Virginia and NFL legend turned college game day staple, Pat McAfee. Now, as people who do watch football, this year's winner is Iowa punter Tory Taylor. Tory, congratulations. He's averaging 48 yards a punt. Listen, no shade at Iowa. He is the team's best offensive weapon. He leads the country in the number of punts, 86. Second, in terms of quantity of punts on the entire season, is at 75. So by 11 punts, Tory Taylor, he knows every single day he takes the field, every single Saturday, uh, they're going to ask him to swing that leg a few times. When he takes the field in the bowl game, it will be to make history to break the punt yards record. So Tory, congratulations. This is one of many awards I'm sure you'll be receiving this award season, but allow us to be the first to christen you with the Pat McAfee Punter of the Year Award, joining last year's recipient, Kai Kroger. Well, let's move right along here. This is another fan favorite. We got the IHOP Award, then we got the Hard Count Heisman. We're about to give away here in just a few short moments. Now, the IHOP Award is given to the offensive line who consistently serves up pancakes and dominates the opposition in the run and pass game, moving human beings against their will. This year's recipient is the Georgia Bulldogs offensive line. Congratulations to the folks in Athens. Now, that's their second award in this year's program awards. Uh, The IHOP award, again, given to the UGA offensive line. They had a sack rate of 3%. They also were dinged up at different points during the season, had to break in a new quarterback and get him comfortable. They were really balanced. Threw the ball well downfield. They ran the ball effectively, almost 200 yards a game, right in that 180-yard range. Really impressed by their effort this year. Some people said they were snubbed a season ago. The, uh, the, the IHOP award goes to the Georgia offensive line and their efforts in this past season. So let's keep it rolling right now. Let's get to the award that I'm sure a lot of y'all are waiting for. And to be honest, uh, the voting was open all the way up until today for those that held a vote. And uh, it, did, it did factor in conference title games to this award. So without further ado, Let's get to the Hard Count Heisman. The Hard Count Heisman is awarded to the student-athlete who is the best player on the field at all times. This is, in many ways, the most valuable player in college football. Without this player, the recipient's team would be in a very different position. That's important to, to remember here. The award is given to a walking highlight reel. The winner of this year's Hard Count Heisman is none other than LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels. Now, to be clear, LSU, they went 9-3 and this year. Good, not great. It wasn't college football playoff material. It wasn't conference title material. But Jaden Daniels, you take him off that LSU team, just what the awards description says, they would be in a very different position with how they didn't play well defensively. We really value with this award the takeover factor, and Jaden Daniels has exactly that. His numbers, poetic in every sense. Threw for almost 4,000 yards. Not 3,000, almost 4,000 yards on the season. Ran for over 1,000. Accounted for 50 touchdowns. Listen to this. Four interceptions. The dude was a creative player all season long. A road to glory kind of performance from him this season. Jaden Daniels very much so deserving of this award in every single category. And we appreciate uh, everyone who was a part of this award season. But Jaden Daniels absolutely is the winner of this year's hard count Heisman. So Jaden, got a feeling they're going to give you the, the other Heisman this year in NYC, but just know the hard count Heisman is uh, already on its way to you, Jaden, so we appreciate you for what you did this year for all of us as college football fans. And uh, yeah, we just 
we love college football. We love y'all that are tuned into this. And we we had to do our own award show. We had to do our own award season. So the second annual program awards is officially wrapped up. Hey, let me know on Twitter too. Let me know on Instagram. Maybe some other awards that you want to see given away. Just food for thought. Curious to hear from y'all. So make sure you get your questions in right now to the keeper of the queue, Nick Break. There is no Q&A tab today, so the live chat is where you can put those questions in. Get those in right now. Hey, big shouts to y'all getting us over 100 likes yet again. Never had a doubt. Uh, I want to tell y'all about game time, and then we're going to get to your questions here. It's about 60 seconds, and we'll, uh, we'll keep it on rolling. All right. Bowl game season. We said it on a previous live show. Going to say it again. You have one more opportunity for your team to see them in person. One more. That's, that's it. Don't you want to see them in person, not watch them on TV? Game time is the best way to make that happen. Okay, you can buy tickets right before the event. You wake up that morning, I do want to go to the game. I've just decided I slept on it, feel good about it, I want to go. Ah, but tickets might not be available. No, 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 game time, they're the place you can find them if they're available. Two taps, you've bought your tickets. Also, you know where you're going to sit, so you're not end up sitting behind the Jumbotron or you sit behind the pole or whatever. You can see the view from your seat via the app via the, the game time platform. So make sure you check with that. I'm going to make sure that you have the best view of your team before we hit this uh, this dreaded period where they're not playing games. Now, also, if you want to see a comedy show or you want to watch a concert, whatever, game time also has that. But for college football, this is really probably where you want to go to get your tickets. So the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time, guess what? Credit you 110% of the difference. So snag tickets without the stress. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use code HARDCOUNT for $20 off your first purchase. $50 ticket. Redeem code HARDCOUNT with your first purchase all the way down to 30 bucks. That's easy. That's like three coffees, all right? For those of y'all that purchase coffee at certain establishments. Uh, terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code HARDCOUNT. That's H-A-R-D-C-O-U-N-T. HARDCOUNT for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. So we appreciate them taking care of us. Appreciate them taking care of y'all. Getting the people to the games. Love to see it. Now, speaking of the people, the man of the people, heavy lifter extraordinaire, Nick Brake. Nick, what's going on, baby? How are we doing today? Uh, doing good. Um, we're going to start with uh, your need for a counter argument um, from White Boy Magic. Penix for Heisman, JD. Why Jaden Daniels over uh, Penix? Because that seems to be a pretty big conversation right now. I love it. I appreciate that. Uh, so here's my thing with Michael Penix. Not only is he not second in the running for us, he is third. You say JD, you're a hater. We're not a hater, but we do value stats a fair amount on this show as well. And Michael Penix Jr. in not one but two spots threw for zero touchdowns, zero touchdowns in two different games. I'm not hating on Michael Penix. I'm just saying I'm not giving him the hard count Heisman. I think Jaden Daniels is deservedly the winner of that. Michael Penix may finish second in the other Heisman voting, but for us, I think it's Jaden Daniels, and uh, quite frankly, I think it's a runaway. So I, I love Michael Penix. I think he's going to ball out in the playoff. I think he's going to have a great NFL career, but for us, we like Jaden Daniels. You can't have two showings with zero touchdowns and still win the Heisman for us on this show. So that's where we fall on that, Nick. Okay. Um, Austin Rogers says this is day three asking this. Hey, it's day one of you asking it in the right spot, so we Boom. can get to it today. Boom. JD says, pretend you're the athletic director at Florida. How many games in 2024, at minimum, 
will Billy Napier need to stay at your university? I know you're going to say however many because I think, and I agree with you, I think you think Napier, Napier is safe right now. I think he's safe right now. Uh, I told y'all yesterday we we're going to talk some Florida. We did not get to that by nature of the craziness we had going on in the portal. Um, yeah, man, like, I understand the frustration. I really do. I totally get it. Like, it has been two years now where you've expected a little bit more. Last year, you say, okay, you get the mulligan, you make a bowl game, look bad in the bowl game, you don't really have any of your players playing, that's fine. This year, over-under total in Vegas for wins was five and a half. Now, going into the year, there was already this kind of understanding that, hey, it may not be the season we're all hoping it's going to be if we're in Gainesville. So what I think you have to remember is, I, I say this a lot, maybe we'll say it on a future live show, I think Billy Napier and the runway he has needs to be accounting for what he took over. And I'm not making excuses, I'm not saying you can't still use the portal, but I am saying it's not easy to build something up in the SEC, right? Like, it's, it's, it's not easy to put a boat together that already had holes in it, push it out to water and push those, put those holes, you know, fill them up rather uh, in the middle of a storm, which is the SEC. Like it's, it's very tumultuous waters in that conference. And so it's a very difficult spot to build. Um, if it were me, I would more than likely, I would probably need to see a seven wins from him. If we could see eight, I feel really good. If they win seven, depending on how that's, how those seven wins look and how those five losses look, quite honestly. The eye test, you know, everyone's favorite word this time of year, probably matters a fair amount for how I feel about him going forward. But I just, I really do think it's far too early to just define that he's a bad coach and Florida's bad. And like, that just feels so knee-jerky to me. Feels so knee-jerky to me. They're still putting it together. But uh, we'll keep a gauge on that for sure as, as we move forward here. I think it's uh, I think it's too early to define what they are just yet. Uh, JD, this next question from Matthew. Uh, do you think the committee set a dangerous precedent Sunday by selecting the team who they think uh, are the best four teams? It seems like a slippery slope and can be – and can the BCS pick a playoff more objectively in your opinion? Uh, I'll start with the second part of that. I appreciate the fact that we have humans in the room. Like, I understand the desire for computers, but at the end of the day – there does have to be a, a human element to selecting these teams. So I, I think that the human element with the committee is probably the right way to go. Did they set a dangerous precedent? I would say yes, except for the fact that they will never have to revisit a situation like this again when we go to 12 teams. Because if we're in the situation next year and you got teams battling for four spots, you know, maybe the precedent is set for a team that doesn't get a first round bye. But if they're truly the best team, They'll win their way all the way to the college football, you know, top four, and then with the national title, and then we're like, okay, well, then that's kind of how that thing shook out. So, the precedent I, they set would have been more dangerous if they were staying at four. I think they kind of just were able to do whatever they wanted and say, well, we're expanding next year anyway, so no harm, no foul. So, in that sense, that's another reason why I'd be frustrated. But I understand why uh, I understand why they are where they are right now. JD, on the spot, you're going to have to fill in two uh, makeshift awards for your program awards. First one's from Taylor Holland. Who's the best transfer award go to this Ooh, year? Ooh, that's a very good question. I would also say, if you want to see a full all-portal all team, that is actually on all3.com right now. Full portal team and put together. Go check that out if you want to see like the all-portal awards there for uh, for us. You know, Similar to like the All-American, All-League, all-portal team is out on all3.com. Man, to me, I would probably give it to Travis Hunter right now. Just off the top of my head with what he did, um, counting only first-year transfers, the impact he had and the way that he was uh, just so impressive at different points during this year. I know that he didn't really necessarily cause Colorado to 
make a bowl game or anything like that. It was dinged up, but like I was really impressed with him. I was really impressed with with Travis Hunter. Uh, close second. It's probably a conversation we could have. Uh, how about Sam Hartman and what he did this season for Notre Dame? Really impressed by him. Really impressed by both those guys. Okay. Um, the other one, OG Gary, is going to give his own program award out. Okay. OG Gary says the what if award goes to Utah. What if they were healthy? What if they had XYZ players? What if? Sad face. The what if award goes to Utah. It's a great, hey, it's a great award. I mean, for them to have the season they had, played, uh, played Washington pretty tough. If, if they have Cam Rising, how different is their season? I guess we'll find out next year. But yeah, I think it's a very, very fair question to have. What if award goes to Colorado or go, goes to Utah, rather? I understand. I see where they're coming from. I see where they're coming from. Uh, Joshua Hinkle. Uh, what, what do you want for Christmas? I need ideas. Ooh. Joshua, I hope this isn't implying they're going to get JD a gift for Christmas. I think, well, I see him asking JD and Nick. Uh, oh, so oh I, you're right. I think he's asking you too, Nick. You want to you you, take this one first? If you can somehow manage to hire a home run hire for my favorite sports team, DC United, a good new manager, um, we need it. So that's what I want for Christmas this year. What if they hired Ed Orgeron from LSU? <laughs> what if they hired him and they just went full Ted Lasso and yeah, said, we're bringing in morale, we're bringing in you know energy, we're going to just inject it into the D.C. United soccer team. Is that a hire you're happy with? Yeah, it's not easy to replace Wayne Rooney. So uh, maybe Coach O is the right fit. Ted Lasso. They hired Deion Sanders. <laughs> Deion Sanders takes over D.C. United. I wonder who we would sign if that would happen, honestly. And he renames them the D.C. Prime. <laughs> hey, that'd be kind of cool. Would you be down with that? I'd be down with that. I'd be okay. I'd be okay with that. Sheesh. I'd be all about that. What about that. you? What do you want for Christmas, Janie? Dude, I love shoes. I'll be honest with you. I kind of get, you know, whenever we get to birthdays or holidays, and it's like, what would you want? I'm like, man, I don't, I love shoes. Like a, 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 nice, pair of, a nice pair of dunks, a nice pair of ones, you know? Yeah. Kind of basic, but I'm a big shoes fan, Nick. So Joshua just said something that I was like, oh, this makes sense. So I got added on LinkedIn by someone named Joshua Hinkle, and I was like, that name seems really familiar. Hey, there we go. It was, it was a uh, frequent commenter in Joshua. So, I, yeah, I added you back. We are now LinkedIn Connect. I don't know what you say. You're not friends Connects. You're Connects. You're, yeah. you're in his network. Yeah, He's yes. in your network. That's what it is. That's connects, what it is. Connects, 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 connects. Uh, another super chat from White Boy Magic. This is a good question, I think. Uh, but I wasn't going to ask it until he gave it because I, like I, I limit to one a show, but he's paying money for you. There we go. Yeah. Give this question answer. So I'm going to do it. How would you rank the CFP teams, wide receiver and tight end rooms one through four? It's a really good question, man. It's a really good question. I think it probably depends on how much you weigh the tight end part of this too. Cause if you're, if you're putting a lot of juice around tight end, you probably put Michigan a, a bit higher. Um, so I'll rank them. I'll rank Texas one. And if we're going just wide receivers, I'd probably rank Washington one because Roma Dunze is like a, a creative player. And Jalen McMillan's a, like a, a creative player. Jalen Polk's a creative player. Like they have three NFL wide receivers. Texas, I'm putting at one because they also have some freakish NFL wide receivers. Adonai Mitchell, Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington's still a dude. I think he'll have an NFL career. Uh, Jatavian Sanders is the best tight end in the college football playoff. All right, so that's first and foremost. They're number one, Washington's at two. By nature of this question, tight end being factored in, I'm going to put Michigan at three. Colston Loveland, A.J. Barner, Roman Wilson's been good all year. I'll put them at three. And then at four, we'll put Bama. Bama's solid still. I mean, Isaiah Bond's been a dog. Jermaine Burton's come up big when they need him to. So nobody's really without, nobody's really lacking here. 
if you will. But even so, I would say uh, I would say that that makes a lot of sense when it comes to uh, those top four. I'm seeing the chat buzz a little bit, Nick. So yeah. I'm going I'm to check this. Can you confirm this, this to be true? Uh, I let, cannot let, confirm let, it Let me check. True. Okay. Four minutes ago, the Hayes Fawcett graphic is out. So this is a this is a plans to enter. A plans to enter, meaning he is not officially in there, but plans to enter. Uh, that's pretty crucial. That's pretty crucial. So let's let's dive into this a little bit here. For those of y'all that are asking, what hey, what the heck is going on if you're on podcast? JD, get to the freaking point. Trevor Etienne, Florida Gators running back, has a Hayes Fawcett graphic out right now that says he plans to enter the transfer portal. Very key word there. Plans not officially entered. Now, you may see his name pop up in the portal, and he may end up being in there, but I just want to make sure we clarify plans versus entered. But if he is on the move, this is an extremely productive running back. I mean, had eight rushing touchdowns last season, uh, was the team's leader in in yards per carry per game. Like, dude is a stud, okay? Obviously, that name sounding familiar. His brother playing in the league, also pretty good. So the football genes are pretty strong with this guy. Uh, Someone's going to get a baller. Okay, and when I talk about the running back market, Rocket Sanders is, or at last checked, was the top running back in the portal. I think Trevor Etienne, if he is not the new top running back in the portal, he's right there. And he's going to be a guy that I think immediately makes your backfield substantially better. And I think he probably helps reset that running back market. If he doesn't set the market by himself, he at least adds that with Rocket Sanders. Uh, The thing that I was impressed by with him, how quickly he gets downhill. Like It doesn't take a lot for him. To, to have a quick burst and to hit a home run. Like, he's one of those guys to where if you're pulling on power and the guard fits it right and he gets around the linebacker, he's got a really good burst to take it the distance, and someone's going to get a stud with him. Uh, some schools that I would keep an eye on, I mean, this to me, this screams like a, a Georgia running back. Like, you'd imagine they've had depth issues in the past, and, you know, having some injuries. Um, issues is the wrong word to use, but you've seen them go by committee there, and Trevor Etienne factoring into that committee in the future. You'd have to believe he'd be a stud for them. Uh, Texas also would make a lot of sense. We've seen them be a portal player before. And, uh, you know, with with Jonathan Brooks, it sounds like coming back because of his ACL, you pair them together in that running back room, they would be lethal. I also have to believe a guy like Trevor Etienne from an NIL perspective probably won't come cheap from what we understand. And kind of if we're reading the tea leaves here, you'd have to believe Texas is an NIL player. Georgia, I think the brand itself should be attractive, and I would think that for the right guy, they could be in the NIL space the way that you know Trevor Etienne would, would ask them to be. Now, here's here's key. He uh, he has two years left of eligibility, does Trevor Etienne. So this is not a guy that you bring in for one year and just helps you for a year, and he's gone. I mean, that, that could be the case, I suppose, with him having a big season next year, but there's the chance now that he's with you not just for one year, but two years. So Trevor Etienne has to be, if he does end up actually being in there, one of the top guys in the portal, definitely one of the top running backs in the portal. And uh, this is a massive loss for Billy Napier if they do end up losing him from Gainesville because he was, uh, at multiple times throughout the course of the year, he was he was kind of the, the bell cow for them. We're going to look up exactly what he did from a production standpoint now as we're on the air. But Trevor Etienne, there's not a whole lot of guys like him in the portal, just so we're on the same page. Um, in terms of what he did yards per carry last year, he was 5.7. So right around six yards a carry. Y'all, that's freakish. That's freakish. So we'll see where he ends up at. Uh, he's also from Louisiana. Jennings, Louisiana is where he's from. So again, we talk about hometown. Look right back to the hometown. LSU, I'm just saying. 
If you want to get back towards some home cooking, have the family come watch a couple of games, maybe just maybe LSU could be in the mix there. So again, Trevor Etienne plans to enter the portal per on three and per Hayes Fawcett, but keep an eye on that one because if and when his name does pop up in there, that is a big fish. That is a very, very big fish that will have a lot, a lot of options. All right. So how about that, Nick? A, a little bit of juice to end the show. A little bit of juice to, to kind of push us on into the weekend, huh? Yeah, that That's sounds like it. That is very big time, man. Well, hey, Nick, I appreciate you, brother. Man in the chat, talking to the people, doing on air, producing the show, punching graphics. Like, we, we appreciate you, man. You're a Swiss Army knife, and uh, you absolutely deserve a program award as well. Yeah, hey, I'm not to toot my own horn, but I did get a program award in the chat by Austin Rogers said, hashtag producer of the year, so... 100 percent heard it here first 100 <laughs> percent. that has to happen that that is actually that that, that has happened it's i happened. yeah i'd give that award to like what would john legend's technically like a music producer right uh he can get second he's on the podium jack antonoff bleachers that's a that's a world-class producer if anyone knows hmm. he wins the grammy every year so but yeah he didn't win a program award that's for sure that's true. Thank you very much, Austin, for giving me that. And I'll see you uh, Tuesday, JD. Well, I second that. Nick, you're the man. We'll see you Tuesday. Hey, we appreciate y'all being dialed in. Do not go anywhere. Head has to stay on a swivel this time of year. We started the show with recruiting news. We had portal news to end the show. We had portal updates throughout. Walter Nolan is on the move as the number one player in the portal. Y'all, again, anybody that told you college football takes a break or sleeps, they're lying to you. I've never seen the sport close its eyes, and I don't anticipate it happening anytime soon. For myself, J.D. Bacall, for Nick Break, for all of us here at On3, make sure you subscribe on the way out. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. We're going to keep this party rolling, and we will see y'all next time. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. 
Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York.